Shalom, everyone. This is Zion Hebraic Congregation with me, Luke Tanner. Uh, this week's Shabbat message is by me from the book of John and in chapter 5. Uh, feel free to check out our website, zionhebraiccongregation.com. There you will find blog posts by my dad that he sends out weekly. You can subscribe to those by putting your email in the little subscribe box. And you will also find links to our social media accounts there, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, be sure to subscribe to our Shabbat messages on your favorite uh, podcast platform providers such as Apple Podcasts or Google Play or whatever, and you can leave a review. Enjoy. Hey, mighty warriors arise, yeah. Okay, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. If you want to go to the book of John, we're going to continue on. We're going to be in chapter 5 today. I'm really enjoying working our way through John. Uh, Hopefully you are too. It's such a great book. Especially now from a messianic, air quote, perspective. It's really the only perspective to properly read the book from from a correct historical first century <clears throat> look of what was going on with Yeshua and his disciples and his followers, especially, it's really interesting as you get into chapter 6 um, and then chapter 7, when you see what happens with, you know, he continually just lays it on thick in his teachings, uh, which I think was purposeful to uh, kind of winnow down, whittle down, you know, who his, who his legit followers were. So it's really just an awesome book. And um, he teaches with authority from his father, uh, accentuating, you know, that he was the Messiah, that he was the Son of God, that he had authority from God, and that because of that, what he said had had weight to it. And because of that, he also was upsetting the the balance of uh, power that was going on in the first century because the, the, the children of Israel, they'd gone, if you go all the way back to uh, Solomon, the kingdom gets split and divided. The northern kingdom gets conquered by Assyria. They go off into the dispersion. The Assyrians put people back down into the land that are a mixture of pagan and some of the northern tribes and it's just a disaster up there that's where we get kind of the whole samaritan situation then you have in judah they eventually get captured by the babylonians they go into exile for 70 years some of them come back some of them go down into egypt they get messed up there they get conquered you get the whole maccabean story and then that leads us into the what present day in the new testament where the Romans are occupying them. <clears throat> and you have the Jewish leadership of the day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Sadducees especially, that controlled the temple that are in cahoots or they're working with the Romans. And you have the tax collectors and all these political things. They're, they're a suppressed, they're an oppressed people. They're occupied and they're not able to govern themselves. And what's worse is their own 
leaders are in bed with the enemy. And so that's the, the climate that's going on. And spun into all of that is the authority in the synagogues was the Pharisees. The authorities in the temple were the Sadducees. And so they had a monopoly on the teaching of the Word of God. And it had become very distorted. It had become a mess, somewhat as a product and a reaction to what had happened to them throughout their history. But more so because as they went through persecution and hard times and the back at Maccabees and they got their own uh, leadership back for a period of time, they reacted to what had happened to them but went kind of the wrong way. Instead of sticking strictly to the Word of God, they started to put quote-unquote hedges around the Torah. Uh, they used to say, well, you know, God says to rest on the Sabbath, which, you know, it's not that clearly defined. So, and we're going to read about that today. So what they started to do was to put further man-made restrictions around that, well-intentioned, but eventually those man-made fences to protect you from transgressing the Torah superseded eventually what the whole intention of the, the Sabbath was really about and a bunch of other things. And so the, it became a man-made edifice that... Um, ended up, uh, what, what did Yeshua say? He said, well, do you keep the traditions of men while forsaking the commandments of God, or something to that effect? And that's what always ends up happening whenever you start to um, stray away from the Word of God, because what's cool about the Torah and what's cool about the Word of God is as you read it, it's, it's in ways, it's very specific, but it's also ambiguous such that it forces you to live out the Word of God from a position of the right heart intent. And if you don't have that, you end up distorting it and turning it into something because it's based on a relationship. And any good army, family, organized anything, you have to understand the intent behind the mission and behind the orders, right? Behind the instructions of the Father. Otherwise, if it's just black words on white paper, you don't get the meaning, the intent, the heart, the passion behind what's written. And, and, and anybody in any, can read anything into it and out of it, which is what we have today. And so that's why you have to have the Spirit of God, of the Father, in you to be able to understand, live it out properly. So that's what Yeshua is addressing to these people as we get into this. So... He's been up in, in, let's pray real quick and then I'll kind of continue. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the Sabbath. This day to be together to rest and read your word and learn. I hope that we uh, do and that you would just uh, work in our hearts to do that. Go out, serve you, do it right. Amen. Okay, uh, so he's been up in um, the galley. Uh, he's with his family. He does a miracle up there. They're like, you need to, you know, go. they kind of mock him and say, you need to go down to Jerusalem and reveal yourself. He says it's not his time, but he ends up going down anyway. Chapter 5, and it's the Feast of the Jews. And Yeshua went up to Jerusalem. Now, verse 2, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue uh, uh, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool 
untroubled the water. Whithersoever, uh, then first, a- after the troubling of the water stepped in, was made whole of whatever disease he had. So in other words, the first person who got into the water after it got troubled by the angel got, got healed. When a certain man was there, which had an infirmity, 30 and 8 years. So it's, it's un- nobody really knows you know, I, you read this and it's kind of like you kind of read over it real quick and it's like, well, wait a minute, this is kind of insane. There's this magical pool that bubbles up by the, an angel coming down and doing this and anybody, first person in wins a prize, you know, it's like, uh, it's interesting. So I did a little bit of reading on it. Some people say that it, um, there's some writings that, uh, that, that the pool would turn red at these certain times. Some people thought uh, it was just a geological occurrence. Other people say no actually it was uh, sometimes when the blood of the of the uh, lambs that were being slain would flow into the water and then it would turn red i don't know it's interesting it's an interesting thought um i don't know we don't really know but uh uh anyways it is what it is so anyways there's a guy there he's got an infirmity for 30 and eight years and yeshua saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time uh in that case and said unto him Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered him, Sir, I've no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But when I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. And Yeshua said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. So that's an important point right there. The Jews therefore said unto him, that, that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. And he answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. So what's going on right there is is what we were talking about. uh, That, for instance, in the Sabbath, there's not a whole lot of specifics. But one of the things that they had, the, the Jewish leadership of the day, had instituted was you can't carry anything. And it's the same thing, depending on the string of Orthodox Judaism you look at today, you're not allowed to carry anything. Like you'll see, if you go to like a community where there's Orthodox Jews living, I won't even get into how complicated it gets. But anyways, by and large, you won't see them carrying anything on the Sabbath. Like they don't carry Bibles. All the Bibles are at the synagogue. They don't, you can't carry a pen. Like you don't carry anything because that, that's not allowed on the Sabbath. Well, the problem with that is the Bible never tells us that's not allowed on the Sabbath. It was something that was added, extrapolated, and I'm not even going to get into why they get to that point. The point is, the Bible doesn't say that. And so, Yeshua is not breaking the Sabbath here. He heals the guy and, uh, and then tells him that what they had an issue was, he tells them, he tells the guy, pick up your bed and walk. And they say, whoa, 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 that's not allowed. Who told you that? So, uh, again, he's usurping their authority. Who dares do this? He's a troublemaker. Okay. Uh, da, da. Then they asked him, uh, what man is that? Which were in verse 12, that said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk. And he that was healed wist not who it was. For Yeshua had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. So I find it kind of interesting that it's like Yeshua pops on the scene, you know, he's strolling through, talks randomly to the guy, heals him, and then just takes off. That's it. You know, n- nothing. I don't know, it's just interesting. Obviously, I think, uh, 
uh, Yeshua is, is creating trouble. You know, he's making a, a situation, which I like. I think uh, he's uh, so cool. <laughs> All right. Um, 14. Afterward, Yeshua findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Yeshua which made him whole. So Yeshua walks up knowing, you know, he's going to wander over and say, hey, it was actually Yeshua that healed me. Uh, therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and Yeshua and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. So according to their understanding and their teachings, it was, it was, so the, the, the penalty biblically for breaking the Sabbath is death. It's, it's, it's death. And so, but they had extrapolated out that if you turned on a coffee pot, if you lit your stove, if you drove your car, if you carried an item, if you tore, tore your toilet paper, that's a death sentence. Sounds pretty ridiculous because it is ridiculous because that's not what the Bible says. So, uh, so they want to kill him. And so because Yeshua, he's healing a guy, he's got his followers, he's usurping their authority, he talks down to them. Uh, and then he has the audacity to do this during a festival on the Sabbath and tells a guy to carry something, like, this guy's a big troublemaker, and they want him dead now because he's creating problems, and they know this. So, I'm sorry? I'm not 100% sure. It, it seems... I kind of think it is, actually. I'd have to go back and look for sure. But he actually, it's interesting, in the book of John, he, he goes up to all of, he goes up for Passover, um, Sukkot, what's the other one, Shavuot, and Hanukkah. He, he goes up to the temple. So he's a, a, a good, dutiful Torah observant person. So anyways, he's up there for this. Where are we? Uh, yes, 17. So they want to kill him. 17. Yeshua answers them. And I love, I love how he speaks because he just doubles down and he doesn't mince words with them. I mean, he just exposes them for, for their, 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 their problems. So Yeshua answered. And, uh, and what I want us to see is Yeshua is really from here. He's setting forth his authority in all things as the son of God. Like he's, he's, in no way being um, uh, beating around the bush here. He, he lays it right out. So, uh, 17. Yeshua said unto them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. So he, right off the bat, he is comparing, he is saying he's the son of God, which everybody knew at that time meant you were the Messiah. And he's claiming authority with God because the, the son, just like in any kingship time, Solomon had the exact same authority and power of his father David. You know, it was as far as all the meeting out of everything in the kingdom, he was an equal. And so Yeshua is claiming equal supremacy with God. So not only does he quote-unquote break the Sabbath, now he's claiming that he's God, which it's kind of just like tilt, you know, what? How do you... So they're just not happy. Okay, so... Uh, and hitherto I work. And it's going to go on and explain this. Therefore the Jews sought to kill him, because not only had he broken the Sabbath, but he said also God was his father, making himself equal with God. 
Then answered Yeshua and said unto them, Verily, verily, I send you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doth the Son likewise. In other words, he's saying, again, he kind of doubles down. He says, listen, I'm only doing what my Father does. I and the Father are one, and we operate according to the same principles, instructions, precepts, and so, if you've got an issue with me, you've got an issue with God, and vice versa. 20. The Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Now he's saying he can even raise people from the dead. I mean, he just, he doesn't leave anything to argument's sake. <laughs> 22. Uh, for the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him. That's a really important verse to keep in mind and remember, because there's, there's a movement within the religious community of, of even the Messianics and Jews that, that, uh, that get sometimes tossed around that saying like, um, you know, if, if a person is a good Jew and they keep the Torah and they really love the Father, God, then that, isn't that the same thing as loving Jesus? Isn't that the, if, if, if Yeshua is the the word of God, if Yeshua is God, and they are keeping the Torah and they leave the Torah and they're loving God and they're serving God, isn't it the same thing? And he says basically, no, it's not. If they do not accept me, they don't, him that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which hath sent them, him. They're, they're the same. They're one. And, and if you honor not one, you don't honor the other. Verily, verily, 24, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come unto condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. So, I mean, he just, just keeps going, you know. He's saying, if you don't honor me, you don't honor the Father. If you will hear my words, you will have everlasting life. I mean, he is in no uncertain terms claiming to be deity from God, the Messiah who can raise the dead and give everlasting life and pass judgment. So he has the ability of life and death in his hands to say, you are judged and condemned to death. You are judged and condemned to life. So uh, 25, verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that hear shall live. Hear, 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 hear. <laughs> Uh, doesn't, doesn't mean audibly to, to understand. It means to respond because those who are believers have already responded in the correct response and have faith in God. And so after they're dead, they will hear the son, word of the, of the Son of God and they shall live. For as the Father, excuse me, 26, for as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given the Son to have life in himself and hath given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, 
and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of my Father which hath sent me. So he goes on and he kind of explains and lays out saying, I've been given, I and the Father are one, I've been given all judgment, which includes life and death, and, and those who respond to me will live and will have resurrection of life unto life, and those who do not believe unto the resurrection of damnation, separation. And so he's just laying out how he and the Father have the same authority, and he is the Father. So, um, do, 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 do. Let's back up here. Or go to um, verse 31. If I, bear, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. And I know that the witness which he witness of me is true. Ye sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that ye might be saved. He was a burning and shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. So, and he's, he's again, he's reiterating that in the Bible it, t- it talks about, you know, if the matter needs to be confirmed by two or three witnesses. And he's saying it's confirmed by the Father, the Spirit, and by John. But it's also confirmed by the works which he does because he worked miracles and fulfilled prophecies in the scriptures that um, validate who he was as the Messiah. So he's, he's just in no uncertain terms saying, I am the Son of God, I am the Messiah, I've come here, I've come to judge, and uh, if you don't accept me, you don't accept the Father. And, and, it, and he just keeps, he keeps doubling down <laughs> as we go here. Uh, where were we? 37. And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you. For whom he hath sent him, ye believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. I love this passage. Ye have not his word abiding in you. For whom he hath sent, him ye believe not. So the word of God, which is the seed of faith, which is God himself living in you, if you don't accept the Messiah, accept Yeshua as the Messiah, as the Savior, then you don't have the word of God, the Father, abiding in you. That Hence why you can't keep the Torah really well have faith in God, try to live a perfect Torah life, trusting in God, but then reject the Messiah because it is those scriptures that teach of the the need for the coming of the Messiah to die, to take upon this penalty of death and sin in the world because humankind got separated from God way back in the Garden of Eden. And nobody gets back into the Garden of Eden, period. No, no, no human being can, can get back into the garden. The only person that can get back in is Yeshua, because he was perfect. That's why you have to be in Yeshua. Yeshua needs to be in you. You need to be transformed. You need to be born again into a new creation so that you can have fellowship with God. Because in our 
carnal fallen state. That's why you can't keep the Torah well enough. The Torah was not ever meant to save you, to bring you into perfect standing uh, before God. It was, it, it, you, uh, Yeshua came to die the death of the firstborn. That's the Passover story. It is something God provided. It's something they couldn't do in and of themselves. They didn't just wander out of Egypt and go to Mount Sinai and, and start keeping the commandments. First, they had to get out of Egypt. And the only reason you did that, or the only way you got out of Egypt is if you were part of Israel, my firstborn. And that happened through being washed in the blood of the Lamb. So, where were we here? Okay, yeah, so search the Scriptures, 39. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So, eternal life is in those Scriptures, but it is the testimony of Yeshua that is life. And you will not come to me that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know ye, you that ye have not the love of God in you. <laughs> so, so he's saying, I don't need your honor, and I know you, and you don't have the love of God in you. Because why? They don't have the word of God in them, so they can't have the love of God in them. Therefore, they're not operating according to his principles. Therefore, they come up with their own teachings and doctrines, hence don't carry something on the Sabbath. And so there's this trickle-down effect of when you are not in relationship with God, if you don't have the spirit of Yeshua in you, you do not live and cannot live properly according to his scriptures because you'll distort it. You'll make your own thing. Uh, and we see that all over the place. All over the place. That's why we have to be discerning. That's why the New Testament's so important because it talks, Paul talks about how grievous wolves will creep in, not sparing the flock, teaching damnable heresies, leading men astray. There's, you know, we can't just think that we're just like. Um, wandering along with nothing trying to trip us up. I mean, it's very much a battleground of life that we're in. And it all hinges around this, this book. It's under attack, you know? The, the text itself is under attack. I mean, there's, there's uh, some more modern translations that take out the whole section about the pool. Why? Because I think it's trying to undermine the power and might of God and the, and the miracles which he does. Um, and to cast doubt. I mean, if you can undermine, undermine the word of God and cast doubt on it, that's all you have to do. And then people won't believe. So, not good, not good. So that's why it's so important. That's why Yeshua lays out in no uncertain terms who he was and who they were, that they were actually representatives. They were the religious, spiritual leadership of the day that everybody looked to as the standard, and they were emissaries of the devil. This is the truth of it. What does that mean in today's day and age? You know, I don't think it's any different. So, watch out. They don't have the love of God in them. 43, I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. How can ye believe, which receive honor one from another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, 
how shall you believe my words? Yeah, I mean, he just sticks the knife in and twists. Because they built everything on Moses. They scribes in the Pharisees sit in the seat of Moses. They taught every week, every Shabbat from the Torah. But the truth was they didn't believe Moses because he wrote of Yeshua. And so if they're not going to believe Moses' writings, they're not going to believe him. So I just love how he keeps uh, laying it out and... Um, I thought about going through through six, but six is pretty long, and so we'll we'll save six for next time. But so, as really what is going on here is Yeshua is is as he starts his ministry, his he's laying out first and foremost his authority as the Son of God, as the Messiah, uh, as God Himself in the flesh on the earth, and therefore he has the authority to instruct people on how to live according to the Word of God truly and correctly. And that, that's what we have to understand and know. Because again, there's a, this whole movement within the Messianic Jewish world that says, you know, if we're going to keep the Torah, we have to keep it according to how Judaism, air quotes, whoever and however and whatever way you want to define that, has said that we need to keep the Torah. Well, you shouldn't obviously do that that just doesn't jive with what the scriptures teach us you know the authority does not lie with man it lies with Yeshua it lies with 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 God and so we follow his example we follow the examples of, of his disciples and live according to that and like I said oftentimes it's pretty uh, uh, ambiguous about how and what we're supposed to do that's why we have to have a relationship with God. We have to have the Spirit of God in and through us, working through us, so that we can live it out properly. And it may look a little bit different person to person. So be real cautious and be real quick before you start poking and prodding and casting stones and lambasting your neighbor on how they flesh out the commandment. There's a big difference between saying uh, the the command, you know, there is, you know, we don't have to keep the Sabbath and someone who keeps the Sabbath a little bit differently from you. So have a little bit of uh, judgment in that respect, but also critique yourself, you know, look at your own life. Why are you doing what you're doing? From what heart position are you doing what you're doing, not doing? Um, so let's pray. Heavenly Father God, I thank you for this day. Thank you again for your word and uh, for your, the life of Yeshua and all that we can learn from and that we're taught from. It help us just to uh, analyze our own lives and our own hearts that we would walk in your ways and keep your paths and uh, follow your example and that we would uh, hear your voice and live out your word and do it. Uh, I just thank you for uh, all these things. Uh, just give us a good week. In Yeshua's name I pray. Amen. Hey, mighty warriors arise, yeah. Freedom does lie only away. The soon is the day when we see your face on the mount of your